This show is made possible by you, our listeners. If you like what you hear, and if you want to help us tell more stories and reach more people, then from only two US dollars a month, you can become a patron of the show. Just visit patreon.com forward slash Aruka Network. Hello, I'm Jake Lloyd and welcome to How to Build Community, a podcast and a radio show brought to you by Tearfund's Footsteps magazine and Aruka Network. Why is it important to make people who are different to you feel welcome in your community? And what impact can it have when you do? Even if you don't see the impact immediately, be there and offer support. And that's a lesson that I learned it myself. That's the voice of Muna Abu Ghazale from Jordan in the Middle East. And it's a voice that doctors said would never be heard. Muna was born with various disabilities that meant she would struggle to ever talk, walk or live an independent life. But through the radical love and support of her church and family... She's overcome these challenges. She is now communications officer for Tearfund in the region, but we're talking to her today because she's also an expert in the theology of inclusion. Her master's dissertation from the University of Manchester in the UK is about the inclusion of people with physical and intellectual disabilities in the Jordanian church. It's a study of how things currently are and of how they could be better. And so in this episode, you'll hear her story of how love, friendship and support have helped her achieve things she describes as miraculous You'll find out why her church and the Jordanian people in general are known for their hospitality. You'll learn how the simple act of befriending people who are different to you can have a dramatic impact on their lives and on yours. And you'll find out what you can do to help make people with disabilities feel accepted and achieve their potential in your community. But I began by asking Muna to tell me a bit about her story. When I first was born, I was a hopeless case for the doctors. They said that Muna will not even walk. She cannot serve herself. She cannot uh, talk even. And, uh, and that's a kind of hopelessness that came into the family at the beginning. But the church response to that was different. One of the um, friends of the family came to my mom after 12 hours from my birth. And my mom, of course, she was under trauma of, you know, because the doctors didn't tell her anything when she was pregnant. So she didn't know that there's something wrong, but she sensed it that I wasn't moving normally as others. So that man came to, uh, he's a now pastor, Pastor George, and he influenced our life a lot. And he said to my mom, accept her and love her. And I could testify today that we saw the church welcome and uh, embracing me. And they were really supportive, not to, only to me, to the whole family. And, uh, and that's what happened. Munit began to develop, grow and do things that the doctors said she would never do like speak and she attributes this to the love that she received from her family 
but also crucially from her church. And having these people around me are giving me the power and the ability to realize the power of love in our lives and the persons of disabilities and other people as well. So what did this love look like in practice? She said that even though there was and still is a lack of infrastructure for people with disabilities in her church and community, what was present in abundance was an attitude of friendship and support. They were there for me, for example, if I needed something, I found like someone who need, uh, who's there to help me, even downstairs, on any place, even uh, when I was very young, I couldn't uh, like uh, serve myself when I go to Saudi to unbutton or bottle. So I, I felt like, yes, I can ask for help whenever I want or when I need it. And not only that, they encourage, they support, they teach, they, uh, they the most importantly, I would say, they treat me equally to others where I forgot that I had disability at some point. You know, I'm just feel part of it. And I was very active in ministry. And they they opened that door and didn't feel like there's barriers, like didn't let uh, my disability to be a barrier there. And they didn't define me by the disability. They look at me as a person, you know. And that's the most important is to value the human being because who you know who they are, who is, and the characteristic of them. And they worked a lot on that, and I can see it. So this is her personal experience growing up, but what about her studies of inclusion and disability? Firstly, what does inclusion mean to her? Basically, I can summarize it by embracing our differences and welcoming them and accepting that we are different. And I always reflect on the, the Bible say we are different parts of the body, but one body. And that means we cannot function even in church or community without each other. So it's more about accepting and embracing that we are different. And that's the thing of hospitality and welcoming. We are hospitable, which is also known as part of our culture that we are always open for others, especially in the villages. They are more like traditional areas. You will see that a lot of foreign people who came here as a visitor were amazed that some local people, they just open their home and they start offering things for them. So they were like welcoming, no matter where you are coming from, no matter your background or your you are different, still you are welcome and accepted. And that reflects my own experiences of visiting the Middle East and of having friends and neighbours who are from that part of the world. She then told me how her church has been showing this hospitality, not just to people with disabilities, but also to people who have been displaced from conflicts in countries that neighbour Jordan. In our recent years, I'm talking especially 
when the conflict started in Syria and Iraq, the church started being more involved in humanitarian activities and were almost engaged with our community on a different levels and providing a lot of support, psychosocial support, awareness, and we provide, of course, with care and love. So we treat people with value, with dignity, and I would say with time we become more like friends. As her church continues its journey to becoming more inclusive, I asked Muna what's the key to them making progress on this journey. Her answer was a simple one. The church started to be more inclusive first by loving and asking the questions what you need. So having an open conversation with each other, that that helps a lot, you know. But at the same time, I would say maybe because uh, we had kind of relationship that close to them, so I'm, I'm able to express what I need, what is working for me, what is not working. And what about the obstacles to making churches, communities and countries more inclusive? There are lots of ways to answer this question, but Muna decided to focus on one. I have dealt with a lot of persons with disabilities. Uh, a lot of them, I found that they focus a lot on their disability and they don't find, focus a lot other aspects of life. For example, I had the privilege that I was raised up with non-disabled people and by having this atmosphere, I didn't have like to think a lot about, uh, about my disability as a barrier. On the other hand, I saw p- people who were raised up in schools only for persons with disability, and they moved on in university. And so they kept always questioning and saying that, are we included here or not? I found this really interesting. Through growing up, being loved, and mixing with others, she started to focus more on her ability than her disability, whereas people with disabilities who were schooled separately saw themselves quite differently. So what would she advise people who are listening to this to do to improve disability inclusion where they live? Start by being present. Uh, Listen carefully to the words they are saying and do not be afraid to ask what they need. Do not assume things and ask before you support. For example, I will tell you a practical thing. Usually people who see any person on a wheelchair, they assume that it is okay for me to go and help him directly and push him or pull him, you know. However, some persons with disability or wheelchair user wouldn't like that because they are feeling that you are not valuing them because some of them can move independently and they found a way to live it. So learn the etiquette. I would say it's important like the etiquette of how to deal with persons with disabilities and it's available online, you know. So try to educate yourself whenever you hear about someone, especially if you have a close person to you, you, ha- you know that uh, he suffers, for example, with autism, ADHD, try to read more about it, try to educate yourself, and then ask, have a, a, an open and safe environment, and to start always with befriending them and accepting, and also share, I think, that 
because I would uh, because friendship is two-way communication. You know, allow them to be your friends also. You know. And finally, Muna added this: even if you don't see the impact immediately, be there and offer support. And that's a lesson that I learned myself. That was Muna Abu Ghazale from Jordan in the Middle East, an expert in the theology of inclusion and disability. Muna has recently written an article for Footsteps magazine called Embracing Difference. That's as part of a wider edition on the topic of hospitality. Uh, you can read all Footsteps articles, including this one, on the Tearfund Learn website. That's learn.tearfund.org. And that's almost it for this episode. Before we go, don't forget you can catch up on previous episodes of How to Build Community on our SoundCloud page or in your podcast player. Just search How to Build Community. You can learn more about Aruka on the website arukanetwork.org. You can help support this show by making a small monthly donation at patreon.com forward slash Aruka Network. And finally... If you have some feedback on this show or suggestions for future interviewees, then you can reach me via email, jake at arukanetwork.org. That's it for this episode. Until next time, bye for now.